Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2022 NBA Playoffs. The Western Conference Finals began tonight. Lakers and Nuggets, and what a game it was. Live from Los Angeles, as always. Shout out to everybody that's joining in the live tonight. With the Laker loss, I guarantee the attendance is going to be low so hopefully you other fans of other teams can come listen because Laker fans, they hate when they lose to listen to me. You know, whenever they lose, 300 views. When they win, 1,000. So that's just how they are. Um, they can't handle pain. Um, but there, I know there are. I'm, I'm also messing around a little bit. I know there are some Laker fans that are going to be in the building tonight. And it was a really good game to talk about. And to be honest... I wouldn't feel too bad if I was a Laker fan. This was totally the Denver Nuggets game to win. Both teams shot really well from the field, but it just felt like the degree of difficulty on the Denver Nuggets shots and that the longer the game went on, the Lakers were starting to inch closer into seemingly finding a solution for how to guard these Denver Nuggets. And in the beginning of the game, it was very interesting. You saw AD guarding Nikola Jokic, LeBron James guarding Aaron Gordon. Dennis Schroeder started in place of Vanderbilt, so not what Raj thought. Raj thought they would start with Vando for a little more size, put him on Murray. Instead, it was Dennis Schroeder starting on Jamal Murray and then having Austin Reeves guard MPJ. And I think those were all the starters. And then D'Lo guarding KCP. Now, as for the Nuggets, they were going to go with Aaron Gordon on LeBron and then Nikola Jokic guarding AD. And in the beginning of the game, you could see right away what we talked about yesterday in the preview. And if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. Definitely going to be good for the whole series um, because we talked about so many different things. But one thing we did talk about was that the Nuggets were going to try to push the pace as much as possible. As much as possible. And that's exactly what they did. They looked to push on every single miss. And the Lakers had a couple of careless turnovers to begin the game. One of them, D'Angelo Russell, giving the ball away at half court. And Jokic he was really putting the pedal to the metal getting out and running and in the beginning of the game they weren't going with much Murray Jokic pick and roll and honestly throughout this game they didn't go with as much Murray pick and roll with Jokic as you think it was a lot more dribble handoff it was a lot more Jokic catch the ball 18 feet away straight away and then have different back screens different cutters and then dribble handoff options coming off you know multiple screens it was more of that kind of thing than just your regular Murray Jokic high pick and roll and in the beginning of the game, the other guys were getting going. Aaron Gordon was super active. KCP was super active. Aaron Gore, uh, I'm sorry, Jamal Murray was coming off screen for a little dribble handoff action. And the first time we saw Jokic catch the ball in the post, we were wondering what the Lakers were going to do. They double teamed. And right away, just one pass away, they double teamed. And Jokic was finding open teammates. 
Also, to start the game, it, the Nuggets just had way more energy in every facet. I don't know if that was the altitude talking or not, but the Nuggets came out and threw the first punch. LeBron was totally unserious to start the game. Nowhere to be found defensively, no second effort on the glass, and anytime Anthony Davis was getting pulled away from the basket to guard Jokic or to guard any sort of pick-and-roll action, the Laker back line, having gone smaller and downsizing with Vando out and Schroeder in, was really struggling on the boards. So in the beginning of the game, Lakers not really making many shots. Nuggets out in transition. And Jokic dominating the glass. Anytime AD pulled out of the paint, nobody was doing a... You know, nobody was getting onto the getting onto the glass for second efforts. Aaron Gordon's defense on LeBron was really good to start as well. As well. And... The Lakers also were getting burned going under some screens. There were times on those dribble handoffs, they would go under the screen with MPJ, under the screen with KCP, under the screen with Murray, and they were getting burned. Why are they doing that on good shooters, you're asking? Well, because they want to prevent Nikola Jokic from getting the ball in that short roll going downhill. So in the first quarter at one point, Nuggets were out-rebounded. I'm sorry, Lakers were out-rebounded 20-3. to Jokic had 10 rebounds in the first quarter and was actually doing a pretty decent job on Anthony Davis one-on-one. At the end of the first quarter, the score was 37-25 to in favor of the Denver Nuggets. So really solid first quarter for them. They came out and set a tone. But it felt like AD was starting to get a little bit more comfortable as the quarter went on. Had a couple of buckets against Jokic. And let me just make this clear. Nikola Jokic is going to struggle with Anthony Davis in this series defensively as well. And you started to see that as the game went on. AD still had a really good shooting game in this one. You know, he's able to attack Jokic when he catches the ball isolated on that left side. Also in the roll. You know, Jokic is going to show on the ball screen. Like he's really going to go up to the level of the screen. If, and he did a pretty decent job showing and recovering tonight, I'd say, Jokic. But there are a couple times where he won't be able to recover in time and you can get AD downhill. And there are also times where he may get back in time, but AD is already so close to the basket where he can either put up a push shot or put the ball on the floor. He loves taking that hard dribble to his left and then spinning over his right shoulder. So you started to see a little bit more from that and Anthony Davis start to get more comfortable in the game. But also... In that second quarter, when AD, by the way, was matching minutes with Jokic basically the entire game. So Jokic out, AD out. And you know Jokic likes to sit that beginning of the second quarter. The Nuggets then go small with like an Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray, Christian Brown lineup. The only thing with that is Christian Brown and Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon, you don't get the most offense there. It's very largely Jamal Murray and Bruce Brown kind of running that second unit. And the, every team is going to switch heavy against that unit because they don't have any low post guy. The closest they get is Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon, who are decent in the mid post. But you are going to switch everything against that kind of lineup. And they're going to switch everything in that kind of lineup with Aaron Gordon, with Jamal Murray, with Brown. And you started to see some success the Lakers were getting. And you're going to see this more in the next game. There's no doubt about it of LeBron James and Rui Hachimura getting smaller guards switched onto them and taking advantage of them in the post. And the Nuggets were willingly switching Jamal Murray onto LeBron James throughout the game tonight until late in the fourth quarter. And it was
was really proving suicidal. Every single time LeBron would get in the post, he would get right to the rim on Murray. He would get whatever he wanted. And even though LeBron's first stint in the game was absolute dog shit, when he came back into the game at the end of that first quarter and then that second quarter, the main you know, chunk of it, he was really good. He was able to get downhill a couple times, get Murray on the switch, take him to the post, not only score a couple times, but then draw double teams. And then you started to see guys make shots. And one of those guys was Rui Hachimura, who came in, was hitting shots from all over the court, extremely efficient in his limited time. The only guys that really weren't going offensively for the Lakers in that first half were Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And t- t- tonight, we got that bad D'Angelo Russell. That didn't look like he is anything close to a guy that should get a $30 million contract this year or an all-star caliber player that I've described him as so much in these playoffs. It just wasn't a great D'Lo game, and that's the inconsistency of him. But in the second quarter, first half, the Nuggets kept on pushing, kept on pushing the pace, and one guy that I think did a great job and has done a great job throughout the playoffs, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown does a really good job defensively. He does a great job cutting, but he really does a good job pushing that pace and getting downhill. Um, But the Lakers at one point had it down to 10. It felt like the Nuggets were up by way more because Jokic was just, I mean, putting on a show. He had a couple of moves on Anthony Davis where, and by the way, the reason, part of the reason why the Nuggets were only up by 10 after they were up by, I want to say 17, MPJ started to go a little cold. They're just overall started to go a little bit cold. But, and Lonnie Walker, I want to say, he felt like he was it was he was rushing everything. I remember there was one play early in the game where he was coming down and just like was going too fast, lost the ball and threw some bullshit up there. There was another time where he lost the ball. It just felt like he was a little bit rattled. He still made two threes, but it just felt he was a little bit rattled. But Murray and Jokic in that dribble handoff, I thought one big issue for the Lakers in that first half was the guards were doing a really bad job getting over screens. I don't know if that's because Jokic's screens were so good or not, but they were basically dying on all the screens, and Murray, KCP were just walking into mid-ranges or walking into threes, and they're so they're very, very hesitant on Nikola Jokic getting the ball in the short roll. So they're going to stay attached to him. They're going to concede that mid-range at times if they're not switching with KCP and uh, Jamal Murray. And they were starting to pay for it in those dribble handoffs. But AD, he started to get a little bit more aggressive himself offensively at the end of that first half. Going at Jokic, Jokic got a second foul. And you started to see them try to put like Jeff Green on him or Aaron Gordon on him for a second. And Jokic and Murray, at the end though, they responded. And Jokic, a couple of insane moves against AD where AD was pressing up on him. There was one time where he ripped through and got all the way to his left for a layup. Then there was another time where he was posting up and he spun over his left shoulder and dunked. What a move by Jokic, just so patient in that post. He was showing the entire offensive bag tonight. Like, just the amount of ways this guy can score at the center position is just truly remarkable. But what was so impressive was that the Nuggets closed that first half so well. The Lakers got back within, I want to say, 10 points. And then Jokic and Murray just pushed it to 18 at the end. Murray started getting in his bag. There were a couple possessions late. One time he got to the rim. Another time where he was posting up. I think it was Lonnie Walker. And then turned over his left shoulder for a mid-range. Or it may have been Dennis, one of the two. And Jokic had like 17, 12, or like 17, 15, and like 6 at halftime. Like some insane stat line. It was ridiculous. And they were up 36-13 to in the rebounding battle at the half. And at the half, 
the score was 72 to 54 Denver. So 72 points in the first half. You just continue to see this Denver Nuggets team and how amazing their offense is. And it really all starts with the Joker. A lot of times Joker, Murray, pick and roll. But it's not just that simple. That's what makes them so creative and great. That's what makes Mike Malone such a good coach. It's not just that high pick and roll. It's all these dribble handoffs. I love that back screen that Murray sets for Gordon where Jokic catches the ball at the like 18 feet away. You have Murray setting a back screen for Gordon. If it's not there and you have to help a little bit on that back screen, then Murray comes for the dribble handoff with Jokic. I mean, it's just such great offense. It's so hard to guard, and it's even harder to guard when other guys are making shots. One of those guys being KCP, who I thought was just phenomenal tonight. You know what he's going to do on both ends, but you want him to make shots, whether it was kickouts on Jokic getting doubled in the post, or he was moving without the ball, or getting threes and mid-ranges off movement. He was fantastic. But in the third quarter, I think the Nuggets came out a little bit lethargic. I think the Lakers came out with a sense of urgency scoring the ball. It was a lot of trading baskets. Um, Jokic was just insane. I mean, his one-on-one work, even against Anthony Davis. And look, Anthony Davis got multiple blocks on Jokic. Like, he's trying his best. He truly is. But nobody can guard Jokic one-on-one. Nobody. He has every single move in the book. He's got Kevin McHale-type Footwork, maybe not as good, but very good. Really good up and unders. He's so great with the utilization of the pump fake. He's got a really great right-handed jump hook. He has a great push shot. He can turn over either shoulder, even though he seems less comfortable turning over his left, I want to say. But he he finds a way to get that separation, and he still has that overhead release. So I'd say he still has turnarounds over both shoulders, and obviously so gifted in the post. I mean, his cross-court passes his passes to cutters, his passes out of double teams. It's just amazing. And in the beginning of the third quarter, LeBron was pretty quiet. You started to see D'Lo and Reeves start to get into it more. AD start to get into it more. He was feasting on a little bit of those pick and rolls in those push shots. He's starting to get to the line. But, and I love when AD catches the ball on the move. We talked about that in the preview where Darvin Ham has had more sets this year. We'll have AD coming off a pin down or AD coming off a curl to get him on the move. But, In this series, and I think something that Raj tweeted about who was on yesterday, you're going to want LeBron to shoot more when he's he's shooting that well. When you're getting a good look every single time with Murray getting switched on to LeBron, you've got to go to it more. Like You've got to honestly spam it because it honestly makes Murray work harder defensively as well. The only thing is, can LeBron physically handle that you know every single play it feels like he saves that more for crunch time because he doesn't want to overwork himself especially with defensively you can't really rest against Denver they're going to make you work defensively in the half court and movement and they're going to push the pace and you're playing in the altitude so even and even if you can't go at that pick and roll you know put Murray in the action hope he gets switched on to LeBron every time how about AD against Jokic every time? Like, I think I understand rhythm, and, I, and I'm, you know, very big on getting guys in rhythm, making sure D'Lo and Austin Reeves get their touches. But when they don't have it going, and you have a lot less margin for error because it's so much harder to get stops against this team, you are going to le- have to lean into it a little bit more, just playing through your best two players. Because at the same time, they target the Nuggets' best two players defensively, and that makes them work a little bit harder. But as far as making defenses work harder... Jokic at one point comes off a down screen from Murray setting it. I mean, how many times in NBA history do you see a center 
coming off a down screen set by a guard, catching the ball, going to their left, and just putting up a jump shot like they're a shooting guard. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, the uniqueness of Jokic's game is something else. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This season, for me, he's the best player in the world. He really is. I think his offense is just... He's really one of the best offensive players of all time. And I don't throw... You guys know I do not throw all time out there like that. I don't. But he really is. There's no way this guy can't score. There's no shot he can't hit. I haven't seen him shoot a skyhook. That's the only thing I haven't seen. And, you know, you want him to play like a big. He's not going to do tween, cross, hezzy, step back. That's not his game. But as far as a big, he's got every move in the book. He even has some guard tendencies as well. But... The Lakers ended the quarter very well in the third. AD had 30 points through three. His in-between game was starting to work. Reeves started getting going. I thought the Nuggets were doing a decent job scrambling defensively in the pick and roll. But the Lakers were still starting to get some decent looks with Rui with Reeves. Um, and they got it within 11. And then Nikola Jokic again. And one thing I got to give the Nuggets credit for, the timeliness of their threes and some of their shots it felt like the Lakers had really pushed momentum at the end of that third quarter. And then Jokic hit that fadeaway three over AD with a hand right in his grill to put the Nuggets up 14 going into the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just amazing. Lakers outscored the Nuggets 38-34 in the third. So if you're Denver, that third quarter defensively, not nearly good enough. And that whole second half defensively, not nearly good enough. They allowed 72 points in the second half. So, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, the Lakers, they did so many things well and they they should feel good going to the next game i absolutely agree but the denver nuggets didn't play perfectly they played very well offensively but they're also one of the best they're also the best offensive team in the league but defensively even though they're not a great defensive team their defense was damn sure not good enough in that second half and in the fourth quarter it just felt as though the Denver Nuggets were going to pull away, but the minutes with Jokic out in the beginning of the quarter, you knew the Lakers had to make a run, and they did, and they were finding the smaller defenders on Rui and LeBron, the smaller guards, getting them in the post, and scoring and creating. Reeves hit a three, cut it down to eight, so again, with the way Rui's playing, and I was thinking to myself at halftime, is Darvin Ham going to start with Dennis Schroeder again? Because they were clearly getting killed on the offensive glass and just size-wise. Because the Nuggets, they have MPJ, they have Aaron Gordon. They have two 6'9", 6'10", wing forwards to go along with 6'5", KCP, or 6'4", KCP with long arms. And then Jamal Murray, yeah, he's the weak link defensively, but he's a pretty strong point guard with a long wingspan himself. So... The Nuggets have size. So for the Lakers to go small was a questionable decision. Now, the offensive flaw with with Vando is that he just isn't a threat on that end of the floor. So it just makes it an offense-defense kind of thing. But that's why Rui Hachimura, you're wondering, does he get more minutes in Game 2? Actually, that's undoubtedly true. He will get more minutes. But will he start? Because the thing is, 
he actually has the size and the body to to contend with Aaron Gordon with MPJ. So he won't really and has Rui really gotten abused as a Laker defensively? Not really. He struggled getting over the screens with Golden State last series, and that's something to watch. Is that if Rui plays more, you absolutely are going to have the Denver Nuggets players trying to make him run around screens more because his screen navigation that's one of his weak points defensively. But just his one on one defense and his help isn't bad because he's got that size. And he can hit the outside shot. So expect Rui Hachimura to keep getting more minutes going forward for Darvin Ham. Let me know, Laker fans, do you think that starting Dennis Schroeder in the second half cost the Lakers the game? Because as the game went on, you just started to see that the Lakers were finding something with that targeting Jamal Murray repeatedly. If the Nuggets are going to keep giving it to them, then by all means, keep going to it. And with that unit, you know, Jeff Green and Christian Brown, they're going to need to bring more offensively. I see Nuggets fans scapegoating Jeff Green a lot. And look, I absolutely think that Mike Malone kept him in there too long. He should have brought Aaron Gordon back earlier, who is just an amazing defender, I might add, and adds a lot of athleticism and adds something on the break. His rebounding is great. Jeff Green is old. He's still athletic and has good size for his age. But if he's not going to score offensively, he's going to smoke layups, then it's going to be tough to keep him out there. I do think he's scapegoated, though, by Nuggets fans at times. And then look, when you go to that second unit, and that second unit, the Lakers won it, especially in that second half, because you're going to have LeBron in versus Murray, Murray is not able, I don't think, to target any one player on the Lakers that badly as much as LeBron can target him or Rui can target a KCP or him in that post-up situation. So you started to see the Lakers take advantage of that. Now, I want to reiterate when I say the timely threes of the Denver Nuggets, MPJ, an insane contested three to put them up 11 after the timeout. And by the way, Jamal Murray made a long two to start that fourth quarter with LeBron all over him. And I thought LeBron, the second half, his defensive intensity stepped up. He wasn't really guarding the ball a lot, but he was very alert and doing a much better job when he was asked to guard in that second half. And then Jeff Green again, or I shouldn't say again, but he hit a big three after another Laker response to put them um, back up by 12. But then you started to see when AD came back in the game and Jokic came back in the game, LeBron, AD, pick and roll, putting Jokic in the action. I was wondering when that was going to happen. It took long enough with LeBron and AD because, again, we talked about in the preview, but it's been less LeBron, AD, pick and roll this playoffs because teams will switch it because LeBron's not as quick anymore. It's Reeves and D'Lo in the action a lot more with AD. But late in the game, you started to see the Lakers go big. Dennis Schroeder, Aust- I'm sorry, I think it was Austin Reeves. No, it was Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, Rui, AD, and LeBron. So they went bigger with three guys, 6'9 or over. And you started to see the big adjustment. Not only were they putting Jokic in the pick and roll and getting good looks with AD in that in-between game push shot and four-on-three situations, um, but you started to see AD guard Aaron Gordon, help side, just like Raj said yesterday in the preview, and then Rui Hachimura guard Jokic. We were talking about LeBron guarding Jokic or Vando guarding Jokic, but Vando can't stay on the floor offensively. LeBron, you don't want to tire him out defensively. Enter Rui Hachimura. Now, I want to say before I get into the crux of that, Murray had two straight big buckets 
in that in this stretch of the fourth quarter. MPJ got a big block on Rui after they had gotten two straight good looks, putting Jokic in the action. And by the way, I want to say, in their good defensive possessions, the Nuggets did a good job of running Lakers off the line and scrambling and making them make secondary and tertiary plays. But Nuggets defense overall second half was not as good. And it starts also with their offense going a little bit colder. Lakers then get to dictate the pace a little bit more. And then, again, conceding that switch over and over again to bigger wings like LeBron and Rui Hachimura. And then not bringing help quickly enough. That was interesting. But also, you know, Anthony Davis was making shots. LeBron was starting to make shots. He was shooting very efficiently, even though, in my opinion, he wasn't shooting enough. But... A big double came on Jokic later in the game with Rui guarding him. They kicked it out. I think it was actually AD guarding him. And KCP burned him with the three. And then here's where I think the game started to turn for the Lakers. When there was those constant stoppages at around the 7 or 8 minute mark of the fourth quarter. And the Lakers were starting to get fouled. And I want to say the first three quarters, I think the Lakers got the worst whistle. But then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the Lakers got a way better whistle. Like, it started to change, you know? And I thought, I'm not saying it was, like, total bullshit or anything like that, but I thought it was a little bit generous, and the Lakers were able to get to the line a lot more. And AD, he didn't miss any free throws tonight. He didn't miss any free throws. And when you started to see the switch of Anthony Davis guarding Aaron Gordon, and AG would be in that dunker spot, the other guys would be scattered around the three-point line, AD was doing a really good job of timing his help perfectly and not only taking away Jokic's shot, but also having an active hand to block the pass to that dunker spot and making his window extremely tight if there is any window. And I've got to give Rui Hachimura credit too. He was doing a solid job of taking the bumps and not letting Jokic just overpower him and get right to the basket quickly. And that's one thing Jokic is going to have to adjust. He's going to have to work much quicker, you know, because that double's coming. AD is really good at timing it. And Jokic will still get a good shot for his team. Like, don't get me wrong. But there were a couple times AD got two turnovers in a row, and then you started to see LeBron got Murray in the action on the other end. Austin Reeves, when they stopped switching, popped out and hit two threes. So in the next game, I expect to see, I don't know about starting the game, but absolutely in many ways, because not only does it keep AD out of foul trouble, if Rui can, because we know what he's going to do offensively, Hachimura. He's going to make those open shots. But if he can be that initial primary defender on Jokic and just do enough of a job to bump him and not let him get too deep before AD comes and helps, then now you need Aaron Gordon to not only ask for the ball, be available, shoot the ball with conviction, and also hopefully you can have Jokic make some better passes than he was making late and getting AG the ball in that dunker or finding a shooter for an open three. And if the Lakers close out, the one thing about Denver that's really good is guys like KCP, Jamal Murray, and MPJ can attack closeouts, can stop and pop. So it's going to be a chess match. You saw things work better for the Lakers late. Putting those smaller guards in the action if they're going to concede the switch. And even if they're not, you get, especially with Reeves, if Murray's going to guard Reeves, you love that pick and pop. If he's going to guard Schroeder, which you saw him try to get to Schroeder late because Schroeder's not the same threat, then Dennis has to attack the space and get downhill on those four on threes. Maybe occasionally shoot that three ball. But you got to go through it more in the go to it more throughout the game as well. Because LeBron, I mean, he shot nine for 16, he was 0 for 3 at the end of the game. But throughout the game, 
You know, he was shooting so well, and he had, he was stuck on 13 shot attempts for a long time. You've got to keep going at it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And D'Angelo Russell was broke. And by the way, Darvin Ham really went away from him towards the end of the game, similarly to I think it was game one against Memphis. But look, man, Denver started to look a little nervy. Dennis Schroeder also started getting really physical with Murray, like hounding him. And Jokic stopped making contact on the screens. So Murray wasn't getting much of an advantage. Schroeder was right there, and really was didn't have to really drop too much and even though Jokic was getting uh jump shots and making them all night he wasn't getting any clean looks at the end so the Lakers got it down a three and then a huge I think it was three straight turnovers for Jokic and then a huge possession late huge LeBron James got Reeves in the pick and pop action he went downhill they stayed home on the Reeves shot LeBron missed in and out and then I want to say Aaron Gordon went to the free throw line. Let me pull it up. LeBron James. Where's the miss? Driving float shot. 237 left. They were down by 4, 121, 125 there. But I forgot about. And then, you know what happened there was an offensive rebound. Missed tip the scramble. KCP came up with the ball. And Aaron Gordon got that lob to put the, the Nuggets up 6. That was a huge play. So, by the way, if you're wondering, like, what do the Nuggets do? Let me get into that after. But Aaron Gordon's still too good defensively. And they looked so much worse with him off the floor. you got to keep him in there. He just needs to keep the defense honest. Look to be aggressive in terms of off the ball. Getting the ball and finishing strong. And also knocking down his open shot. But still, with one guy in the dunker, I don't think it's, like, going to be impossible for the Nuggets to get shot. I think it's just they were a little less prepared. And, you know, Jokic just got to make better plays there. But KCP, by the way, huge runner off the glass when Reeves made it a three-point game, 127-124. Um, Murray missed a pull-up three. It was a really tough shot, well defended. And LeBron made two free throws to make it a three-point game. KCP got a really good look at a three, missed it was 129-126, 50 seconds to go. And then LeBron James, one of the most high IQ players we've ever seen, making what I thought was a poor decision. If he was too tired, pass the ball. But there's no way with Jamal Murray guarding you. And you've gone to the basket all night. You've gotten whatever you've wanted all night on this guy. And you're shooting 28% from three in the playoffs. And you're shooting, let's see what he's shooting from three in this game. Pretty sure you didn't make more than one three. 0 for 4. At this point, he was 0 for 2 from 3. You gotta go to the hole. You gotta go to the hole. You're one of the best, if not the best driver of the basketball we've ever seen. You're getting whatever you've gotten on this guy all night. And you shoot that three. And it didn't even look like a good look. It looked awkward for a release for him. His feet didn't look right. He bricked. And that was that. The Nuggets were able to get fouled. I just truly don't know what he was thinking there. Um, I think he just thought, look, I'm gonna go for the tie. Um, it looks like we're it feels like we're trying to steal this game. Not like we've really been there. Jokic got fouled, made two free throws, and that was that. The Nuggets won it, and it was absolutely their game to win. I was telling my dad as I was watching the game, if Denver lost this game, they would have lost the series. I truly believe that they had to win this game. And they did. The Lakers, game two will be their game to steal, not this one. They almost stole it. Maybe could have done a little bit of things differently, but Denver's shot making tonight, and the, given that they were up 21 points, this was their game. I wouldn't be tripping if I was a Laker fan at all. Nuggets win it 132-126. to 126. The Lakers outscore the, the Nuggets 34-26 in the fourth quarter. 72-50. to 50, I'm sorry, no, to 60 in the the second half so 72 points in the second half 
That's big time. Uh, some of the team stats I want to read you. Some pretty telling statistics. The Lakers only turned the ball over seven times, so that was really good. The Nuggets turned the ball over 11 times, so they didn't turn the ball over too much either. Pretty close, both teams, but good for the Lakers to not turn the ball over as much as the home team. Nuggets, 19-13 to 13 in fast break points, but the biggest difference, 32 I'm sorry, 47 to 30 in the rebounding battle, 15 to 5 in terms of offensive rebounds. You know the old saying, my favorite saying in the game, no rebounds, no rings. Shout out to the Godfather, the great Pat Riley for coining that one, my favorite. One thing for the Lakers though, I'd give them credit for. They actually had more assists, believe it or not, than the Nuggets. 30 assists for the Lakers, 29 for Denver. Both teams shot really well from the field, almost identical. The Nuggets got seven more shots off, though. Lakers got four more free throws. So 23 out of 26 on the line for the Lakers, which is really good, 88.5%. LeBron missed two of those. Nuggets 17 for 22 from the line, 77%. So the Lakers got to the line four more times. As I said, the fourth quarter, it felt like they were just starting to get every call. Um, but way to knock them down, especially AD. But as far as field goals, 55% for the Lakers, 55 for the Nuggets. Only 0.1 difference. Lakers 54.8, Nuggets 54.9. So both teams shot lights out. And then the Lakers with an uncharacteristically great three-point shooting night. 11 for 24 from deep for them, 46%. And then the Nuggets, 47% from three, but they're a much better three-point shooting team. 15 for 32 for them. So really good shooting nights all the way around for both teams. I mean, for the Lakers, 55, 46, 88 and a half splits. That's really good. But it just felt like they were getting better looks defensively when they went to AD and help side because he's so good at timing that. And then Rui guarding Jokic. Question is, do they start Rui in the next game? I absolutely start bigger, bring Shooter back off the bench. But if you're the Nuggets, how do you counter that? I think it's just Aaron Gordon needs to look to be more aggressive. It's that simple. Because you still keep him out there. Athleticism is big time. And then you can't concede the, the Nuggets, uh, I'm sorry, the switch with Murray. You either have to hedge and recover or you have to double LeBron. Blitz him. Force the ball out of his hands because the Lakers aren't a good three-point shooting team. There are guys out there that you can sag off of. Dennis Schroeder being one. Jared Vanderbilt when he's in being one that you can force and funnel the ball to shooting the three. I thought it was amazing that AD also hit a three. He faded to the corner for one of those uh, on a pin down. So Anthony Davis has been consistently knocking down the jumper in these playoffs, and that's a little bit scary. But let's read the box scores for this game. Um, starting with the Lakers, who played an eight-man rotation, and Jared Vanderbilt played the least amount of minutes, and he was very quiet. He had a donut and didn't even take a shot. Lonnie Walker, 20 minutes. Don't think it was the best Lonnie game. Six points, two rebounds, two steals, two for six in the field, two for four from three, but he just looked a little bit erratic to me. Didn't like the way he played personally, but if you disagree, let me know. Just 26 minutes for D'Angelo Russell. Eight points. He was a minus 25, which was the worst of anyone on the court. I thought he was way too cool for school. Um, a little bit too ball dominant when he was in as well. Not great defensively and then not efficient shooting the ball. Four for 11 from the field and 0 for 3 from deep and not one free throw attempt. I talked about it in the preview. Raj said it. Delo's the X factor for him. First game, not a good performance and an L. So expect a much better game from Delo in game two. The next guy, 28 minutes for Rui Hachimura. You are going to need more than that because he was sublime. 17 points. He was a plus 10, which is the highest plus minus of any Laker and it matches the eye test. 
8 for 11 from the field, and he made his only three-point attempt. 17 points in 28 minutes, and what doesn't go in the stat sheet is how well he did on Joker defensively. Just keeping a big body, staying strong, and doing a good enough job to not get destroyed by the time AD comes and helps. How about Austin Reeves? Actually, Dennis Schroeder. 32 minutes played. It was a quieter game for Dennis. I thought he played better later in the game when he was really hounding Jamal Murray. Six points, three rebounds, five dimes for him on two for three shooting. Made both of his threes, though, two for two. It didn't feel like that watching Dennis, but expect Dennis to set a lot more screens, especially if Jamal Murray's guarding him, and I think Jamal Murray will be guarding him a lot more because Austin Reeves is a lot more dangerous, not only on that pick-and-pop three, but getting downhill, making plays, and drawing fouls, and also hitting the mid-range. Speaking of Austin Reeves, really solid game for him, especially in the fourth quarter. I think he had 11 of his 23 in the fourth. 23 points and 8 assists, 0 turnovers for AR-15 on 50% shooting, 7 for 14 from the field, 5 for 9 from deep, and 4 of 4 from the line in 42 minutes. What a game for Austin Reeves in his first Western Conference Finals game. He is ready for the moment. And he has shown that all playoffs long. Let's take a look at LeBron James. Um, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. Just 3 turnovers. Actually, I shouldn't say just 3 turnovers because that was 3 out of the 7. 9 for 16 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, 8 for 11 from the line. So the only 3 free throws missed for the Lakers were by LeBron. I think LeBron was terrible to start. Really good in the second stint before halftime. Pretty solid overall. I thought it was a pretty good game. He was a really good playmaker in the way he was hunting Jamal Murray, but I think he needs to be more aggressive, and I think that he took a bad shot at the end of the game. Uh, Defensively, I thought he got better in the second half, but I think it was a a good LeBron game, not a great one. That's my opinion. I think he can be a little better, and he will be. AD, though, really solid game, even though he was getting cooked by Joker, but I think he also was trying his best. I mean, what you can't guard the guy, but I thought he was making him work defensively, and that's important. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. So still got 3 steals and 2 blocks. 14 for 23 from the field, 1 for 1 from 3, and the big statistic, 11 for 11 from the foul line. So that's huge. I thought AD was really good. And it's funny because it was a more quiet 40. And I know it sounds crazy to think about a quiet 40, but it really did feel that way. It didn't feel in your face. It just felt kind of gradual and felt pretty easy as well, I might add. So... I don't know. I don't think you'll be doing that every game, finishing so well around the basket like that. But it's a good sign. We'll see. Again, a lot of it's contingent on how well AD plays. When you get a great AD, it is hard to beat the Nuggets. I'm sorry, the Lakers. But the thing is, he's playing against another dominant big, someone that nullifies him a little bit more defensively. And also, you know, you're going to need to put whoever AD is guarding. Let's say he's guarding Aaron Gordon. You still might have to try to put him in the pick and roll with whoever's guarding Jamal Murray and let Aaron Gordon post up on whoever was guarding Jamal Murray and switch it. Because they'll switch that. That's the whole thing. They'll switch that. But anyway, that's for the Lakers. Let's go to the Denver Nuggets who played an eight-man rotation. Christian Brown only played 12 minutes. He had a donut and he was minus 16. Needs to knock down his open shots. Just missed two open threes and was pretty quiet other than that. Jeff Green, 18 minutes. Made a huge three, I want to say. A huge one. Missed two shots around the rim. Um, and the thing is, he was conceding the switch a little bit easier, easily in that second unit. But I think that was by design. That's Malone. So, you know, if Jeff Green's out there, he needs to try to do his best on LeBron. Switching out on it, switching, conceding the switch to Murray and then him not being much of an offensive threat is tough. Three points, one for three from the field and just one for one from three. 
And then Bruce Brown, who I thought was really solid. Um, I thought he should have probably played more minutes, but honestly, I get it. Rolling hard with the starters. They were all pretty good in this game. Six guys in double figures in this game for Denver. Just four for the Lakers. Um, Bruce Brown, 16 points, four rebounds on six for 11 shooting, one for one from three and three for three from the line. So anytime you can get 15 plus points from anybody off your bench, it's awesome. So Bruce Brown just continues to be so good in these playoffs for Denver. Then the starters, all of which played 35 minutes or more. MPJ. It's funny because it felt like he was so cold for a while, but he ended up knocking down big shots and making some big defensive plays. I've said it all season, but when MPJ is locked in defensively and sharp on those rotations, makes the Nuggets a totally different team. He had some good defensive moments. You want to continue to see that from him if you're a Nuggets fan. He had a double-double in this one, 15 points, 10 rebounds to go along with two blocks on 50% shooting from the field and from three. Six for 12 from the field, three for six from deep. And I will say this, if MPJ is going to be continued continuously guarded by Austin Reeves, he's got to get the ball in the post or catch the ball at the elbow and just dominate him. So don't settle, MPJ. KCP. Actually, let's go to Aaron Gordon first. Played 36 minutes, thought he was really good. Obviously had some shaky moments at the end, and he needs to make his free throws. 12 points, 3 rebounds, 3 dimes for Aaron Gordon. Really good D, though. 4 for 9 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep, and 4 for 8 from the foul line. So the 3-pointer, 0%. Foul line, 50%. Needs to be better there because they are going to give him 3-pointers all game long, as we talked about in the preview. But 4 for 9, big plays defensively, 12 points. You will take that. KCP, what a performance by him. Knocking down threes, attacking closeouts on dribble handoffs, shooting uh, mid-ranges when AD was dropped too deep. 21 points for him against his former team to go along with two steals and a block on 9 for 17 shooting and 3 for 8 from 3 in 36 minutes. What a performance by the 2020 NBA champion with the Lakers, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And then the duo, Jamal Murray. Big-time performance. Just continues to be that dude in the playoffs. Jamal Murray continuing to score from everywhere on the court, making big plays. Tough defensive game, but 31-5-5 to go along with three steals and a block on 60% shooting, 12 for 20, 50 from deep, 4 for 8, and 100% 3 for 3 from the line in 37 minutes is big-time. He was in foul trouble. That's part of why he only played 37 minutes, but huge game from Murray to get 30-plus Needed it. And then the main man. What a historic performance. I heard that he is only one of three players. Wilt Chamberlain and... Was it Kareem? To get 30, 20, and 10? In a playoff game? It might have been Akeem Olajuwon. But I'm not sure. I know Wilt was one of them. But that's crazy. 34 points, 21 rebounds, six of those were offensive rebounds, 14 assists, two blocks. He did turn the ball over five times, though, so he needs to take care of the ball better. But 34, 21, and 14, those are legitimately Wilt numbers. 12 for 17 from the field, 3 for 3 from deep, and 7 for 8 from the line in 42 minutes. 12 for 17 from the field, guys. This is a special player, man. The best player to me in the world. Um, One of the best offensive players I've ever seen. Mid-range, post-up, footwork, floater, rip-through-and-go, dribble handoffs, passing. I mean, it's just it's incredible what we're witnessing right now. Enjoy it. We had people say, well, Jokic hasn't made it out of the first round in two years. Look what happens when he has actual help. Look what happens when he has actual help. 
I mean, come on, guys. I'm all for like the whole not making excuses for stars, but Jokic didn't really underperform last year. He, yes, he got targeted in space, and yes, he might not have closed games very well, but it's very hard when you have to carry the offense the entire game without even a semblance of a co-star, nothing close to it without MPJ and Jamal Murray. So now you're seeing what he's doing with help. It's amazing what he's doing. I mean, 34-21-14 and 14 in his first conference finals game. Incredible. One nothing Denver, but if I'm the Lakers, I feel pretty good. Do they start Rui Hachimura next game? Let me know in the comments below. You're definitely going to see them try to target Murray and KCP more with LeBron on the ball. Try to get him posted up. See if you can start Rui, and you're probably going to see Rui start on Jokic as well or some bigger wing guard Jokic and then AD Rome because it worked really well. So we'll see how the Nuggets respond to that. But they took care of business. Game two is going to be a war. Before I end it tonight, I want to say I called it. I don't know if I have any receipts of it on the show, but I told y'all that Victor Wembanyama was going to be a spur. Every so often, every couple of decades, the Spurs draft a generational big man. First, it was David Robinson. Then it became Tim Duncan. And now Victor Wembanyama. It was written in the stars. I called it. I knew he was going to go to San Antonio. So amazing hype. Greg Popovich may have a couple more years in him after this. Houston. Oh, man. I thought if it wasn't going to be San Antonio, it was going to be Houston. So we'll see what they do. Charlotte getting second is interesting because everybody thinks Scoot Henderson's going to go second. But the thing is, do you draft him with LaMelo? They're bigger guards, but the thing is, after seeing Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox and seeing how eventually they traded him, um, do you not go for the two guards together because it might not be the best fit? But then again, I think you should probably take Scoot Henderson because even if it doesn't work out with LaMelo, then you can trade one of them. And then, because even though Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox didn't work out, that trade got him Sabonis and they had this amazing season this year. So you probably still still should take best available player. I feel so bad for Detroit because they didn't even get a top four pick. But hey, four or five in this year's draft, how much of a difference is it? I don't know. I don't know that many of the prospects. I don't know much about the Twins. I don't know much about Brandon Miller. I know as much about Wembanyama as everybody else. Scoot Henderson as everybody else. I know the guys that went deep in the tournament, and I know Max Lewis really well. But we'll see what happens. It was the most exciting draft lottery since LeBron. And, I mean, the Spurs getting it wasn't a coincidence. I just thought Houston would probably get second or Detroit, not Charlotte. But now they have a great pick. I mean, they had LaMelo Ball, and they, they did a good job with that when he won Rookie of the Year. Um, they did decently enough last year so that they didn't have too high of a pick. So let's see what they do. But... Congratulations. And I also want to say congratulations to Inter Milan making the Champions League final for the first time since 2010 with that famous team with Lucio in their in his prime, Diego Milito, Wesley Snyder, Ed Samueletto, um, Julio Cesar and Maicon in their prime. So to beat AC Milan and to do it handedly like that, 3-0 on aggregate, huge, big time. I still don't think they're going to win because Real Madrid and Manchester City are just too tough. So we'll see. It's going to be a huge game tomorrow. I want Man City to win because they've obviously never won a Champions League and Real Madrid have won every fucking year. But with 1-1 going home to the Etihad, I think that Real Madrid will find a way just because they always fucking find a way to finesse and Man City always choke in this competition. So I don't know, but maybe with Erling Haaland this year, this is the year where Man City get over the hump. They got to do it. Uh, and by the way, if you're asking me what do you think of Arsenal and their, their you know choking of the league, I have no comment. I've been so busy with basketball that I haven't even been able to watch any Premier League games. Even Chelsea were having the most abysmal season since 2016. Maybe the most abysmal season I've ever had as a fan of Chelsea for 13 years. Probably the case. I can't say anything, but 
it's hard to win a Premier League. It's hard to win a championship in any sport. Premier League is one of the hardest to win. And Arsenal, they're blowing it, man. They're really blowing it. Um, and Man City, you can't play with them. Like, you, they will creep up on you and win. We saw what they did to Liverpool in 2019. It's the same shit this year. So it's amazing what we're witnessing with Man City. They're probably going to get a three-peat here. They have to win the Champions League, though. That's all that matters is winning tomorrow, getting the job done at home, and getting to play Inter in the final because they're going to be overwhelming favorites if they do. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chat to turn on if you want to jump a dollar a dime. Peace.